Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Eddie Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon show. We've got quite a, a bumper one for you today. We had some fine guests and we're going to run them all past you. We obviously had Martin Kellner, who's always here uh, on a Friday. So we brought you his, he got his take on the Beckham documentary. We were also joined by Adrian Edmondson, actor, star of The Young Ones, big uh, Exeter City fan. Big sports fan, yeah. yeah. And Matt Stutzman. Oh, amazing guy. The armless archer. He'd been at Stoke Mandeville earlier on the day for a big special launch, but what an inspirational guy he was. And a lot of fun. You'll hear from him. And, yeah, Mateus Nunes... Um, basically put a shift in in the Manchester bakery and we spoke to the owners of the bakery and they were very interesting. So, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, the cricket was disappointing and hmm. a terrible result. You're going to be quite... Why, I don't like you all level-headed well, only because and understanding. No, because... What's happened to you? Well, I was quite angry. Yeah, I'm very reasonable. No, I'm angry at Harsher Bogle. I'll give oh, you okay. that one. Right, okay. Honestly, really annoyed me yesterday. Fair enough. He goes, oh, I love New Zealand. I was thinking, right, I'm just waiting till they beat India, mate, and you'll be getting it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you and do want to come vendettas. Back to Yeah. But the thing is, England and New Zealand have played each other mm-hmm. four, I think four T20s and five yeah. one days. There might have been one. But every game was like that. Every single game was either one team thrashed the other. I reckon we could have played them today and it could have been completely the opposite result. Yeah. So it's very early in the tournament. It was pathetic, but I think it's something about 50 over cricket. I think once you know you're like not doing that well, you kind of lose. It's what seems to happen. That England knew they weren't going to yeah, win. No, they, yeah, they, they just know. ran away with it. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I've decided the first 10 o- overs are okay. And the last ten overs are okay, so basically it's T Twenty, isn't it? You think it's been it's been a weakness with fifty overs for a while. I you think this fallow period. Yeah, it's not great, but there you go. What, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, yeah, you had a you had a thing on the tube. I had a thing oh no, on the tube. it wasn't on the oh, tube. It was a train, was and it? because the um, because there this train strike on the day, I had to find an alternative way of coming in. And I found myself at London Blackfriars Station. Yeah. And, you know, you, I was doing a bit of research, reading Aid Ebenson's book as he's coming in today. I was deep into that. Mm. And I'd slightly switched off. So I thought, well, OK, where am I? Because I've got to get off and uh, stop or so. Where am I? So I just... Well, you know what I mean? You don't <laughs> no, know, no, do I you? do know it. I've done it before. You yeah, overshoot yeah. the stop. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah, sure. So I quickly look up on the board and it says... It said, uh, you're welcome to King's Lynn. Thanks. King's Lynn. <laughs> and, you know, it was momentary. It was a millisecond. It felt like longer. So I immediately look out and I see 
London Black Friday. <laughs> but just for a moment, I'm thinking, man, that is a senior moment. I would have gone straight to the neurology department of, of the hospital, I think. How could I have got on a train and found myself... In, also, it would have been, never mind HS2, it would have been an Uber bullet train to get to King's Lynn in the time that I got to Blackfriars. But it's those momentary mm. moments of panic. I flew up to, uh, when I went and saw it, old firm, uh, Ranger Celtic, got on the plane mm. to go up there with a colleague of mine back in the day and uh, we get on and the pilot is basically he's ready to go and he says oh, everybody sit back welcome this flight to Edinburgh we all went what? <laughs> no. we're supposed to be flying to Glasgow <laughs> but he corrected himself but it's just that moment yeah, you're he thinking it. oh, okay alright don't worry don't panic we've gone we'll get ourselves there we'll get through it will we have to buy a new ticket we'll just get a train or we'll mm. get a cab we'll be fine <laughs> we'll still make kickoff. but that all goes on in your mind so we want those moments of momentary uh, panic Mm. Uh, if you can today, talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text to 81089 or tweet to TS H and J. Now, Aid is coming in later on. He does love his cricket as well as um, mm. a football big Exeter City fan these days. And we'll have a deep dive into all of that and more from his autobiography. And we'll take any questions you have, fans mm. of his work, talksport.com. Text 81089, tweet TS H and J. Or only Ian Dant has already come in with a question. Um, but I was looking for his kind of cricket mm. background and why he liked cricket and mm. did a bit of online research. And I came across a cricket bat that he signed a while back. So mm. somebody was offering it, a star memorabilia, signed cricket bat by Adrian Edmondson. It's <laughs> a strange idea. It said it's, it said it's, it said it's hand-signed, um, but it also adds the line, apart from his signature... Where else could it have been something? Well, anyway, so, but, you know, he's yeah. got a printer. Yeah. So he, he signed it, best wishes, uh, Adrian Edmondson, but he's added something to it, which is Ooh. always nice when you get an autograph like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and he's added the phrase, now brace yourself as you may feel a moment's discomfort, <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic. So we wondered about those things that you've had signed, and rather than the person just putting... Uh, yeah, their best name, wishes, best wishes yeah, yeah. whatever, whoever the celebrity is. They add something else. Yeah, they add a little nice. bit more, yeah. uh, which often makes it special mm. and it's just for you. Uh, David Sedaris, the SAS and uh, SAist, not, he's not in the SAS. <laughs> he's a very short man. I, I can't see him in the SAS. The SAist. Um, and he, he, you may have heard of him. He's a great writer. Mm. But he, whenever he signs books, he does a little personal message. Oh, nice. And he kind of weighs up the person. And some of them can be quite uh, sort of filthy or a bit sweary. He weighs up who he's got in front of him. But mm. he makes it personal, he thinks, when he signs books and he signs lots That's of nice, books. Yeah. And he saw, he was at some signing somewhere, and there was a, a woman there, and she was pushing in the line. She was being a pain when people were kicking off. I'm not queuing, oh, yeah. I've got a bad leg and all this sort of stuff. So <laughs> she, Sue, was yeah, it? probably was Sue. <laughs> yeah, your missus <laughs> gets to the front of the queue yeah. and uh, he says what's your name she said oh Margaret so he writes down to Margaret you are the most appalling person <laughs> I, have, I have ever met excellent and she thinks it's him being quirky with oh, his, yeah, and no. he said no I mean it <laughs> and he wrote it again I think you are the most appalling person so you get the idea with that that's good um, so we're looking for those things that they wrote to you apart from just the name talksport.com forward slash H&J text 81089 tweet TS H&J momentary moments of panic Mike says I've lost count of the amount of times I've lost my lost my car keys whilst driving the car <laughs> there's always a couple of seconds of panic before minutes of embarrassment and slight concern says Mike yeah I had an odd thing today I was standing at Westminster and I see this bloke and he's got the skimpiest shorts on 
Really? Sort of like an anorak, skimpy shorts. Like an old long... athlete from uh, yeah. from the 80s. And then I thought, I, I kind of recognise those shorts. And of course, they had a big number 10 on them. Yeah. They were Adidas black with the white. Maradona stuff. shorts. Really? Exactly. From the 78 World Cup? Yeah, absolutely. Or even 86 or 78, whatever you like. 78, were they were the shortest no, shorts. 78. Yeah, 78, 78 were the very short. Because on yeah. fantasy football, you did We Love Short Shorts, a little yeah, montage. Yeah, they, honestly, you, yeah. I don't know where he got them from. and They, they look like an original. What fantastic. Well done to him. Sitting a bit high. The very short running <laughs> short. When you don't wear them for anything but running. No. Look a bit creepy, don't they? They're they a bit, did look a bit odd. They're a bit so, Alan yeah. Partridge. You've just popped out the side. That's the problem with them, isn't it? <laughs> I really? had a shop last night as well. I was... I it's my granddaughter's uh, eldest granddaughter's birthday yeah. this week, and I asked my son what she like. He says she doesn't want anything uh, sort of material. She she loved to go to the theatre, so I said okay. So mm. I thought, well, you know, uh, Jeff Thompson's daughter is in The Lion King. Oh yeah. So I thought that would be nice because then we could meet afterwards and everything. This is Jeff Thompson, yeah. the um, maybe the top karate prices. top karate champion, not the former Australian bowler. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I couldn't believe the prices of this thing. I mean, yeah. you know, in the end, we went for like back row of the circle, and they were like cheaper pretty to, expensive. Cheaper to fly to the Savannah, is it? Watching watch for real. I said to, him, I said to my son, if, if we got Rich, front row stall seats, I could have bought Mira a little car. Yeah. Honestly, and a run around. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it in my football. Yeah. It's unbelievable. so expensive. Amazing. Yeah. But there you go. You want to be in the hospitality section of the Lion King? For the prawn sandwich brigade. Oh yeah, yeah. There are those actually. They, well, yeah, special, that's right. Yeah, you that's get like right. A, all these different bits and pieces. Yeah, that's that's mad. Anyway, so sure uh, so that's a couple of things to get you going on uh, this afternoon. As we said, the extra things they wrote down, and also those momentary uh, moments of panic. I suppose a momentary moment. Does that work? Anyway, Bobby in Bristol says, Andy, you being sanguine is troubling him. <laughs> You've been here about. Chelsea, you've now been it about the. Uh, I know, I was pretty angry with the cricket, but you well, know, I did work is, out this was the pattern. I, I guarantee that New there's Zealand. There's a disturbance in the force, as far as the <laughs> listeners are concerned. They're not. They're not. They don't like this new balanced oh, Andy sorry. Jacobs, okay. stoic Jacobs. They're not. They're not keen. So we we'll get back right. to your rant. Have you got the weekend? Burnley. What Burnley away? Burnley away. So if you lose that, you'll be back when you're well, I won't Monday. be happy, but uh, <laughs> okay. we'll see. Fair enough. <laughs> they had a good win, didn't they? The they night, did. So, yeah, they they boost their did. confidence. Now uh, we're going to have a chat later on with the good people at EA, the new EA Sports FC 24. Mm. Of course, not under the auspices officially yeah, of FIFA. Done anymore. something we'd all like to do. They've got rid of FIFA. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've ditched that lot after this week. Isn't that a great thing? Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. So this is a nice story of uh, a footballer, multi-millionaire footballer, going back to his roots. Uh, back in the day, Matthias Nunes, these days of Manchester City, used to work in the family bakery. And you would imagine, uh, now being a professional footballer of some repute, he would leave that behind. Mm. But he fancied getting back on the tours. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> it is a nice story. Really good. And he went down uh, to the uh, flat baker in uh, Manchester and joining us now, uh, the owner of the bakery, Deborah Devaney. Good afternoon, Deborah. Hello, guys. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, yeah we're good. good. Thanks. So how did this come about? Did you did you invite Matas down or did he say, I'd, I'd like to come and do a shift in the bakery? Okay, so it's not every day they're like a huge and respect club getting in touch with you. So it was Manchester City who got in touch with us for this ideal video to bring Mateus back to these, uh, his old ages uh, at the bakery. And we are very honored because like for a small bakery in the heart of Uncle, you never expect like such a 
huge thing, you know, just to knock at your door. You're like, what? Mm. So we're so honored, but so surprised at the same time to to have Mateus with us. It was it's very, very funny. Yeah. I how, mean, he, how were his skills? Sorry, Paul. Well, I think they're good, aren't they? Because he worked in the family. I, I was reading that his mum said to him, look, you're not doing well at school. I know you want to play football, but you're going to have to get a, you're going to have to come and work in the bakery. So he did work there, didn't he? So he, he obviously was quite good, I guess. Yeah, so uh, he he's actually Brazilian, but he moved to Portugal. Mm. And then in Portugal, he found a job at his uh, family bakery. Uh, and then at some point, he said to us that he was into football so much that he couldn't study anymore. And then his mom just said to him, well, Mateus, you're going to make a choice. Mm. So is it you're going for football for, for good? And then he said, yes, that's, you know, that's my path. Uh, and then she said, OK, so you're choosing football, but you're going to have to do something else. And then this is when he started working in the bakery, uh, helping their family, like just selling, you know, the baked goods and everything. Uh, and he was very talented. I, I thought he would be very shy, but he's got he's got the, the thing, you know. Yeah, he. Um, it's a much harder job being a baker than it is being a footballer, in my view. <laughs> it's a really relentless. Well, job, isn't it? it's very hard. But honestly, I, I couldn't imagine like the emotion of being on pitch. You know, like with all of the supporters screaming on you. Hmm. Um, it's as hard as being a footballer, I would say. So you don't get that in the bakery. That's true. So he made yeah. he made some pastel de natas, didn't he? He made the little custard, the Portuguese Lovely, custard yeah. tarts. And what what did you make of his efforts, Deborah? Okay, so pastel de natas is a typical like tiny tart from Portugal mm. where uh, he grew up. Uh, and then uh, we basically like had a very funny day to to make some pastel de natas with him. He, I mean, he forgot a little bit of his baking skills, but he went very well at the end. So we made some pastel dinatas, and then in the end of the day, he went in our shop, uh, and then he started selling to everyone. And then a lot of, you know, supporters and fans just went crazy yeah, when Fantastic. they saw him. Um, unbelievable. Um, are you Brazilian? Are you Portuguese, Deborah? Where, where was this connection uh, with Matheus for the bakery? So I'm originally Brazilian, mm -hmm. and then Matheus is Brazilian as well, mm -hmm. uh, but grew up in Portugal, and then Portuguese and Brazilians, we speak the same language, yeah. and we share a lot of, uh, like, the culture, food, uh, for both same countries. Yeah. Our South American correspondent, Tim Vickery, is, is British, but he's lived in Rio for about, what, 25, um, 30 years. But he says when Portuguese people go to Brazil, Brazilian people can't understand them. He says it's kind of the same language, but it's not. It's not an easy adjustment. He claims. Is that true or not? That's absolutely true. And to be honest, Mateus, he's got more of the Portuguese accent rather than Brazilian mm. because he moved to Portugal when he, he was twelve. So I mean, the way he speaks, I, I understand. But like, imagine yourself. I'm talking to an American, you know, from the U.S. Mm. Uh, you would feel like there's some words that's slightly different. The way they say some things, mm. it's just like you understand, but like sometimes you struggle a bit. Yeah. It is the same language, but if a lot of different things. Sure. Now the final question, the mm. obvious one, I guess, is if it doesn't work out for him at Manchester City <laughs> or football, would you give him a job, Deborah? I would have to think about it. Oh, really? <laughs> that sounds like a no. We <laughs> would have to have some training first. Mm. But at this moment, close to Christmas, we're very busy. We can't provide the training. No. But if Marcos is a good boy, then we might, yeah, we good might stuff. get. That's well, great. Uh, great to talk to you, Deborah. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it.
Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. Take care. There we are. That's uh, Deborah Duvernay from the Flat Baker in Ancoats in Manchester. Go along by a custard tart because it could have been made all the United fans saying I don't want one that he's made I want a non-Nunez pastel donatus but what a nice story I look forward to seeing him in Bake Off yeah he could, yeah, could do Bake Off there'll be somebody's put a light pencil in the Bake Off office <laughs> thinking can we uh, imagine that you know Matthias can't play this weekend the Champions League final he's through at the final of Bake Off he's <laughs> got a big call to make the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast Paul Hawksman, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Joining us in the studio now to chat about his autobiography, which is out now. Berserker is Adrian Edmondson. Good afternoon. Good Adrian. afternoon. Good to see you. Thank you for I'm coming. Happy to be here. Okay, we're going to have a good. You are a big sports fan, so we're going to have a good old sports chat along right, the way. Well. It's a but good title. Yeah, you, you, it's probably <laughs> worth explaining if we can um, yeah. what a berserker is. Well. A berserker is, is a kind of um, Scandinavian fighting unit from the Viking era. Mm. Um, well known for being kind of off their heads on, on henbane and alcohol and sort of a, a adrenaline junkies, really. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it sort of describes a lot of what I was as a kid and as a kind of teenager and a lot of the characters I did. Mm. You know. Have you calmed down a bit now, would you say? I have, yes. <laughs> I think, I think the, you can't work the at berserker that. Berserker has, gone, has eventually gone back to the fields and found a little farm. <laughs> So, yeah, it's, there's some interesting stuff in the book around your childhood as well. And some coming across, flicking through the book on the first time I picked it up, found a picture of uh, Adrian Street, the well-known wrestler yes, from the indeed, 70s. Yeah. Um, well, when, and, I was, when I was a kid uh, in Bradford in, in the early 60s, everyone thought Adrian was a girl's name. <laughs> and Adrian Street didn't really help the situation when he yeah. turned up because he, he, he dressed like a girl. You know, he had little yeah. tail bangs, didn't he, and... Uh, but he was hard as nails. If you could see beyond yeah, the, the glitter eyeshadow, he used to kiss his opponents, didn't he? Yeah, until, when, you know, until they until they gave in. And you've used that famous <laughs> picture of him because his dad was a miner. He was yeah. a miner, and there he's basically in the pit with his dad looking at him, and he's in yeah. the full regalia. Yeah. It was his it was his thing, wasn't it? Adrian it was, Street to dress yeah. up glam rock, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, he he claims he that David Bowie took it off him. Oh, really? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the interview. Oh, but the link to Vivian, the character you played in The Young Ones, was yeah. a similar thing, somebody who's got a girl's name. I know, well, Vivian's based on, on, the, on the idea that it was a girl's name. In fact, it even gets mentioned in one of the episodes. Mm. Uh, and also on on the idea of Vivian Stanchel, who was a oh, yeah. Yeah. Bonzo Dog Doodah band, yeah, who, was, yeah. who was my absolute hero. And you became a member of the Bonzo Dog mm, Doodah band did. later on, didn't you? And Phil Jupitus, didn't you? Yeah, we, well, we, they had a kind of reunion in around uh, early 2000s. Yeah. And uh, they got Bill Bailey and Stephen Fry and me and Phil Jupitus and Paul Merton to fill in for Viv, who was, mm. died in the 90s. Mm, yeah. And uh, and they went on tour, and only Phil and me <laughs> weren't sufficiently successful enough to have time on our hands. Yeah. Uh, and so we went out, and I, yeah, we joined a band, and we sort of got to a restaurant in uh, London at the end of the tour and we were talking about making a new album and Neil Innes said the fateful words and now that we've got two new bonzos wow I uh, mean Phil looked at you can you imagine yeah being a, you know having being a fan of a band in your teens and then eventually joining the band he had an amazing <laughs> voice I mean intro and outro is yeah. probably yeah. the most famous yeah. thing but it was yeah. a wonderful voice well my you know, um, you were just before we went on air you were talking about your dad having a Hull accent mm. my, my dad and my entire family have broad Yorkshire accents and I talk like this basically because I 
did an impression of Vivian Stanshaw for for the late most of my late teens into my twenties, <laughs> yeah, and, and this is this is what came out. This is halfway you, towards him. You are yeah. a musician, and you were mm. a songwriter and stuff, yeah. and you've, you put bands together, and you played, didn't you, as part of the Bad News at a comic strip? You yeah. did. You played Donington. We played Donington. Yeah, we played hundred thousand people. Yeah, um, wow. we, we we did Reading as well, and we we did a uh, big sort of nationwide tour. Uh, we. Uh, we, we ran into trouble at Reading. Uh, <laughs> because, um, you got canned off, did you? Well, we didn't get canned off, but <clears throat> mm. they, they'd worked out how to throw up into uh, those little two-litre bottles of, oh, uh, no. you know, ties. What a great skill to acquire. We got a lot of... And, and Rick had decided to go on with a with a wheelchair, pretend to have a broken leg. Thought it'd be funny to have a roadie pushing him around. <laughs> mm. And the, the stage literally became covered in vomit. Oh, and, uh, and the roadie <laughs> abandoned him lunch. and he had yeah. to kind yeah. of, you know, wheel himself around. <laughs> His hands got a bit yeah. dirty. Fantastic. <laughs> Look, I love the in the chapter uh, on the young ones. You talk yeah. about the young ones and it's kind of, you kind of sort of faux reluctantly because you say, oh, we've talked about it for so many years before. Look, well, I'll tell you, I, yeah. I, I, it took up 14 weeks of my life. Mm. But yeah. well, yeah. that's, that's the amazing thing. There 12 episodes, yeah. it's a week an episode and a yeah. week either end for the extra bits, you know. But for the people that love it, it's so much more than that. Well, I've it? talked mm. about it for more than 14 months. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. like 40 towers in that way that there were yeah. only ever 12 made. I yeah. was surprised yeah. when I read that, I thought, yeah. I mean, I thought there were more than that. But yeah, no. so, so I have a kind of love-hate relationship. I've come to terms with it. Yeah, you know, for a long time I used to get cross, but you know, and, and people come up to me in the street and they they give me a line, and I don't know the the, the response, yeah, yeah. and they get really cross. But I, and I know how they feel because I feel exactly the same about the bonzos. I I could, you know, go up to any bonzo and mm. give them a line and expect the the, the response. It comes so, from so. a good place, as it comes because yeah. they love your yeah, work, I yes. guess. But it must be, it must get a bit wearing at yeah. times. Crackers, one of our listeners asked, can you ask uh, a, if he still has the forehead stars and the denim gilet? Have you kept yeah. any of the memorabilia? Denim gilet. <laughs> 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 well, it's nothing against self-respecting rocker called a gilet. Very, very high quality <laughs> waistcoat. Hey, uh, let me. Yeah. I like his gilet. <laughs> <laughs> Denim gilet. Yeah. He would have had one yeah. had he still been around, I'm sure. He yeah. would have felt the cold a bit more. Then. I think we call them denim waistcoats. Yeah. That's you. Gilet yeah. is quite a football word now. Yeah, just, yeah that's probably But you two it. share something in common that you both love Lauren Hardy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I'm of a school that says, I don't know if you agree with this, yeah. but I mean, there, there, there's a lineage, isn't there? I mean, you and Rick, there's a lot of Lauren Hardy, yeah. the slapstick you did. There was a, a I, definite. I, I mean, I, my, my theory about comedy in general is that all the jokes. Have been with us all the time, mm. and that uh, Lauren and Hardy were the first people to actually record them. They obviously saw them, someone else doing them in a variety show or something. Yeah, but I can, if you show me any modern comedy, I can, I can take every joke back to Lauren, Lauren and Hardy. Mm. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's where it all is. Are you? I see. I'm of the school where I, I, I think you're either Chaplin or you're Lauren Hardy. I can admire the artistry of Chaplin and our. And I, I like what, dialogue. See, I watch Chaplin mm. and yeah. I'm thinking, oh, that's clever. But he never makes me laugh. No, no. I, I like dialogue and I, and I like really. a double act because, you know, there's always there's always something going on. Yeah. With a with a one person, you know, it's like stand ups. Yeah. <laughs> they sort of. There's nothing going to happen, is there? It being in a yeah. being in a sta- being in a double act, I suppose yeah. we have been for quite a long time. Yeah. But it, can it be a bit restrictive? Can it kind of get to you in the end or not? Um, can it? I I think our double act was was a thing of joy until I didn't want to do it anymore. Right. And then explaining why I didn't want to do it was something mm. he he could never really get his head round. Right. 
That reminds me, Andy, we need to have a chat after. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but you've moved very successfully onto what I'd call straight acting, haven't you? You've yeah. done a lot of that. And, and the fact you did so much comedy and you did something as, you know, sort of iconic as, as Vivian, was that, did that kind of hold you back a little bit with straight roles I or think not? if you'd got me and Rick... Uh, pulled us to one side when we went to uni and said what do you want to be when you grow up <laughs> uh, we'd have both said actor uh, uh, Rick would have said sex god but we <laughs> wanted to get there by being an actor like Paul Newman or Robert Redford mm. um, and we sort of got sidelined in a search for equity cards because of the because of the mm. union situation yeah. you know we, you couldn't be in equity if you weren't in acting you couldn't be an actor if you weren't in equity so yeah. you had to go in through variety and uh, that we sort of accidentally became comedians. Mm. Um, and by the time I got to my late mid-40s, I, I thought, I really want to do that acting thing. Yeah. That's what I've always wanted to do. So and, uh, we're casting directors saying, well, he's, he's more comedy. Well, because yeah. you, you get him that fed back from the agent it's, it's, now and it's, again. It's, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a bane of my life, yeah. But you probably only have to do one or two very good straight roles and you're mm. over that hump, aren't you? Well, I I, you know, I'm, I'm a relentless um, auditioner. I, right. I, 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 still. I, oh yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, because they just don't believe that I won't, you know, <laughs> go into Vivian, <laughs> take the mick out of it, and subvert their lovely drama. <laughs> uh, so I, I have to. I, I, yeah, I audition for everything, and um, I'm, 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 I'm uh, without vanity. <laughs> I, I, I just debase because myself think, every time. Yeah, I think people would say, <laughs> "Why they probably wouldn't need to audition for that?" And yeah. I think, do you mind? I'm yeah. not auditioning for that. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people do do that. Yeah, and have the power to be able to do that. But uh, yeah. a lot of producers are quite young these days, especially the Americans. Yeah, you know they're 26 mm. and they look at your Wikipedia page or the <laughs> web of lies. That's never it. a good. Yeah, exactly. say, you know, so look at that. It's just a, he's a comedian. We don't want that. Has anybody got to your Wikipedia? I think they have. You said in the book, somebody got your Wikipedia page. Didn't uh, they? Well, they didn't get to it. It's just, it was just it's, it, throughout. It's sort of I don't look at it anymore. During no. the early incarnation, it just had a load of untruths on it, and I tried to correct them. Mm. And. Uh, and they kept taking down my corrections. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how it works. I think they yeah, have little it's, it's Mine said that I'd invent, my dad had invented the Muppets. Yeah. yeah. Which is quite you unusual for a bloke from he, Hulk. You wouldn't be sitting there if he did. <laughs> yeah. mine, mine said that I was shacked up with Viv Olbertine, the guitarist from The Slits. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, in, in the mid-70s. That's Which I mean, if only. Yeah. <laughs> That's a strange thing to come yeah. up with, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> well, uh, we're going to keep chatting to uh, Ada Edmondson. Uh, his book is out now, Berserker, his autobiography, and... Uh, we're going to talk a bit of sport when we come back because he was a Chelsea season to get older. He's moved down to the West Country. He's now properly ensconced as a, an Exeter City fan. We'll be discussing that, although we expect the producer may be dumping that as a Torquay fan. <laughs> Nobody's perfect, nobody's he perfect, says next door. The bounce the <laughs> has kicked off. Yeah. We'll talk a bit of cricket, fantasy football, lots of other stuff as well uh, in a few moments' time. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby. Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Adrian Edmondson, uh, actor and Exeter City fan, is with us. In Come on, you mighty Grecians. Um, <laughs> VAR mayhem that Ange Postacoglu was just talking about in the Liverpool game. Yeah. And there was some talk recently in the women's game. We don't game. have VAR. Well, exactly. I was going to ask you. Do you ever sort of. <laughs> we turn... just have rubbish refs. Are you, <laughs> but are you pleased you haven't, Ada? You, are yeah, you, oh, yeah. It's, so, it's so slow, isn't it? Mm. That's the most boring thing. And it doesn't, it doesn't make any difference, do it? It's, it's just as contentious yeah. with. So mm. why, why not just have it with ours? It just can't go back now, though. Isn't the genie out of the bottle? Everyone's saying, oh, get rid of it. But you just yeah. can't see it happening. Well, I don't have to watch it. You don't. <laughs> no, that's you haven't got to worry about. You can about. celebrate a goal, which is yeah. the best thing. Yeah. 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 
Um, you were a Chelsea fan when you lived when you lived in London, well, and I you had a live season on the Fulham ticket. Road, so I, mm. it seemed ridiculous after a while not not to go to the place that was two hundred yards away. And you, and I regular. went in that lovely era when Zola was playing. Yeah, mm. you know, it's a it's a brilliant team that before they got bought by the Russian, mm. um, then the Russian bought them and they brought in a couple of. Um, Cheats. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just didn't like watching them anymore. It put you really? off. Really? I loved that period. Yeah. You loved the cheat years, did you? Andy Jacobs in the cheat yeah. years. Well, you're going to write a book about it, aren't you? No, you're right. That but, 97 team with Zola and 96, 97 was, was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. But then you, you moved down to the West Country, and yeah. I suppose you had, a, you had a choice of teams. Well, you know, I had, I had season tickets at both for a while. At Torquay and... No, at Plymouth. Oh, Plymouth. Oh, OK, I yeah. see. So. <laughs> John's face. Yeah, he was very upset. Do you want to just come and stand here, John, so yeah. Adrian can see yeah, your Our producer is a Torquay fan. Is this, and it's I, a, I, I, the first time I went to see Exeter, I, I just went out of kind of um, schadenfreude, yeah. to, as they, they were just about to drop out of the league. And uh, we went along, me and a friend, and uh, we couldn't get in. <laughs> so many people wow. there. We stood in someone's garden because the, the away end used to be quite low. It's a bit high <laughs> these days. And we just stood on someone's wall and watched the game from there. Wow. wow. And some enterprising guy was running off and getting cancer cider, and we were so yeah. It was one of the best games I've ever seen. And <laughs> uh, cost me nothing apart from for the rather expensive cider. <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of got sucked in hmm. and, um, and sort of watched them throughout the kind of non league years. And went to you know I love the away matches in kind of you know Greys and uh, Ebbsfleet and things like so that. So you it do go away with the team, do you? Yeah, fair bit. It's, it's, wow, it's, it's been a fun ride. Mm. Is Steve Perriman's still involved there. Is he? I don't Stand think he, don't is. he is. No, he was he, for many years. He, he was yeah, yeah, for a long time. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he wasn't well, but he's, I think he's in fine federal now. But he's not living. Is he still living down that way? I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Reason. But, uh, yeah, the community-owned uh, club. We are. I own my football club. That's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> you just had the 20th anniversary, haven't you? We did, yeah. I mean, it was an amazing time, wasn't it, when... Uh and uh, just before that, when the, yeah. the the previous owners went to jail <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> for fraud, <laughs> and we'd been through all the kind of Michael Jackson visiting and everything. And, yeah, uh, who was the man who used to bend spoons? Yuri Geller. I think he still know. does. I think he, I think he was a director. Yeah, never, never used his skills to get the ball in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He, he helped England out, didn't he? Oh, yeah, England, Scotland, Scotland got making yeah, the ball move. Thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it. it, it it's interesting, we were talking about our producer being talky and your response to that was not to kind of give him some club, which he would prefer, but well, it was talk, worse than that. Talky you... used to be our opponents, but, you know, we haven't been in the same league for a very long time. <laughs> no. And we used to send our, you know, our, our young players off to Torquay to sort of toughen them like up. Like national bit. service. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, there's a charity. Yeah. And you said you feel, so you feel sorry them. for them. I mean, what? They're not even in the in the national conference. No, anymore, they're in they? the conference south yeah. these days. Yeah, really? I mean it's sad, <laughs> and it's sad that they, they lost their lovely. Those lovely people came in and bought the club, didn't they? And they yeah. spent all their winnings. So they won the lottery or something mm. on a new stand, and they got rid of the lovely old stand. Yeah, it was a gorgeous stand, that sort of wooden one. I can't get him off, John. It's, 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 yeah. I can't just kick him off here. <laughs> yeah. You're in charge. Yeah. <clears throat> and cricket. As cricket, well, yeah. yeah. Now you yeah. Uh, you play a bit or you played no, a bit? No, I, I, I play village cricket. Right, okay. In Chagford, or I did mm. for a while. My legs were. That's the essence of cricket, village cricket. Yeah, mm. and I was rubbish at it. <laughs> uh, I once went on uh, 
that thing they do at um, on a Test Match Special. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And they they found my stats. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> and yeah. you know, I think I think my best was uh, was you know four. Something oh like right. That. I, was, <laughs> I was pretty. I was I was energetic but uh, useless. So was that a Yorkshire thing? Is that you got into cricket or not? No, I think I just got into cricket because it was uh, in the eighties. It used to be on the telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good it. day at it a, Test yeah, Match. It's a lovely so, day. Yeah, I love that thing that happens. You go because um, I still go once a year and um, to a Test Match, mm. and uh, and the, the the first over starts and the crowd is all hushed, and he comes in and he bolts mm. and. And then the, there was over. By the second over, everyone's blind drunk. Now, I, I didn't say, did a bit of research before you came on, uh, no, believe no, it or not. And no, no, it's, it's not that ominous. <laughs> it's just, I thought, I thought I'd check out your cricket credentials. Don't worry, oh, I, haven't yeah. got, I haven't got your stats. <laughs> but what I did find was a thing called Star Autographs. Oh, yeah. And it's they were they were apparently selling uh, an Adrian Edmondson hand signed cricket bat, um, not just with your name on it and best wishes, but with the phrase "Now brace yourself as you may feel a moment's discomfort." <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember writing that on a cricket bat? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> and then they add size of bat. 10 by 80 centimetres, oh, as if like the size is important for it, just how uncomfortable it's going to be. That's not a proper football. That's no, a cricket bat, no, I think it must it be. It may have been a souvenir one. It may have been a souvenir one, but I imagine it would still be quite painful yeah. based on what you yeah. said there. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we, we're asking some of the listeners because sometimes people do sign. They don't just sign their name. Mm. They'll give you a little yeah, message. I get asked them. to sign frying pans quite often. Yeah, oh, yeah, of oh yes, of, yeah. of course you will do, yeah. And you play a bit of fantasy football as well. I always play fantasy football, yeah. Um, I I I mean I play just with my family and friends. Yeah, it's, uh, and uh, I'm quite good at it. Mm. Oh, well, I am in my league, you know. Do you we, watch Premier League uh, football at all? Because it's so much like watch Premier League football. I do. Yeah, I watch match of the day. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's it's not as much fun as. Exeter City. No, everybody no. supports the lower league clubs. I mean, we like watching our, our old boys. We like watching Ollie Watkins. Uh, and, you know, we've had a few others kind of disappear to clubs. I mean, they've kept us going, really. These yeah, you said you were getting money from Ollie Watkins. We got Ollie, yeah, we used to get money from Ollie Watkins every time he played for England. I don't. I think that 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 stream was dried up now. <laughs> okay. uh, but, um, but he's back in the squad. And it, it was in his early days. And he, he was he was always going on late as a substitute. And every time you go, oh, fifty grand. <laughs> well, he could, he could, I think so. Do so you think you say that's not happening anymore? You think you've you've I rung the I've, very last I've, drop out of Villa? Yeah, I mean he's. He's been there a long time now. Yeah. But he went somewhere else. We didn't go to Brentford first. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's back in the squad, though. He got in the squad yesterday, did so he, he could well get a game next week. He looks week, great, so. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well. he looks like an absolute total athlete, mm. you know. And I think strikers have to, don't they? They have to be able to move their legs in funny ways. <laughs> <laughs> so Good I analysis. suppose the other thing about supporting the club, a club like so, is you get a bit closer to it also. I take it you know the chairman and you get to know some of the players along yeah. the way. well, I, I know the chairman and uh, I used to know Paul Tisdale, he's, but he... Yeah. I was a bit, <clears throat> bit annoying mm. when Paul was yeah. kind of ousted. 
But um, very well turned out. Very well dressed. Yeah, Britain's very, best dressed very, manager. Very he used to say he was. Doesn't he? Don't see many football managers wearing a cravat. No, that's he, that, he, he, very few people. <laughs> that short time that Nicholas Parsons had in charge of Manchester United. <laughs> oh, yes. That was the only time, wasn't it? Um, you're going to get back down for Barnsley tomorrow, isn't it? It is. I can't. I'm doing. Um, I'm doing. Oh. A, um, some publicity here right, okay. in this yeah. very building. Of course. Oh, right, okay. um, and you've got an international call-off in a fortnight. Did you know that? Have we? The Bristol Rovers game. They've got really? three players that have been called up. Well, we've got so, we've got two Finns. Who's the other one? Um, this oh, is, I think uh, there was the Rovers. Uh, I, I th- or is it the City or the Rovers? Oh, no, it's, it's, you're right. It's the City players. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, Vilschutz Harper, Vincent oh, yeah, Vilschut, Harper, yeah. Um, yeah. for uh, uh, Kenya. Oh, wow. uh, Suriname and Kenya, they're saying that's right. So uh, you've got yeah. Well, that's quite good because that's good. I mean, it proves you've arrived when you have international call. Well, we had in in the last international uh, hmm. little period, we had to play because because they weren't called up and uh, and it, it was hard for us, you know. Yeah. Because they'd gone, we we I think we lost how how many players is it you have to lose. I think well, I think three. Must I think seem three. Because uh, we we lost both Finns and they're they're this kind of mainstay of the team. Um, we've only came in after. You're just that. checking that now. No, I'm not. I'm yeah, just. Sorry. No, I'm just. I'm saying there's a lot of love coming in. Oh uh, right, Adrian, yeah. from the listeners, just not? saying, saying thank, thank you for your fine body of work. No, and a lot of, kind of lot of young ones fans and bottom yeah. fans and filthy rich and cat flap fans. So, um, well, I mean, it must be nice. You say, although as you say, you have a, a love hate relationship with it. Sometimes it well, must be great to be involved in something iconic like. Yeah, that. well, I'm doing this tour at the minute to kind of support the book. Uh, publication and uh, and it is a it's it's quite palpable mm-hmm. and it's quite um it's it's quite emotional actually yeah understand uh, to to sort of feel that appreciation from people mm. um because our previous kind of shows never kind of left a chink in like that you know because it was just always hitting each other with bats and cans <laughs> and things and yeah. there's no room for people yeah. to just sort of uh, express how much they liked you. Yeah. Um, but because um, I'm sort of reading bits from the book, which are, are kind of more emotional as well, it's, mm. it's, it's, it, it comes back. Has it been? Has it been a good thing to write the book? Has it been, yeah, it's been cathartic? Really quite cathartic. Yeah. Mm. Um, it kind of came up in a period where um, I thought my career was over. I thought. I thought after lockdown, I thought they're going to have everyone to choose from. You know, mm. and I could suddenly. You know, when you watch a film, you don't really understand what it's like until you got to the end. I thought I'd come to the end of my career, and I, mm. I suddenly understand it, and it it made it easier to analyse and kind of be sort of dispassionate about. Oh, that's so strange because you know you you. you oh, I mean, you're I've normally been, working solidly. I've been you? busier than ever. Yes, <laughs> but, well, that's good. But, but that's what it felt like. Have you always time. been a bit glass half empty then? Or? I have. Mm. I, I I I keep trying to persuade myself that I'm moving into glass half full territory. Mm. Um, but that's the uh, yeah, that's my tipping point. Uh, I think I'm on the tipping point. Good. Hey, on t- you, we, yeah. Maybe you could be on celebrity tipping yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Craig from Leeds watched uh, Adrian in Midsummer uh, last week. The murder mystery weekend one was fantastic. See, they're loving your work there beyond you all this. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And what have you got lined up? Have you got anything else on um, the horizon? I've got something that, of course, these days you can't talk about anything. Um, mm. But I've, it's a very big American series. Oh, which, wow. Uh, we were just started making when the when the SAG actors strike came up. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm sort of option for three years on that. And wow, uh, I can't really? tell you anything about it. Oh, wow. Well, bloody exciting. Sounds that good. Sounds yeah, yeah. And, of course, you were in a Star Wars film, which, I was. Know, which keeps you busy at which was autograph a... hunters' conventions for the rest yeah, of your life. It, it could do if, if I you wanted want to. to. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to go. <laughs> I yeah. went to one. I don't think I'll go to what another. Was, <laughs> what was that experience like? It was, it was a bit sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was hard work, actually. Um, yeah, that that came about because Ryan Johnson was a fan of Bottom. Did you oh, know that? Ryan no. Johnson, the director, did a looper and that episode of um, Star Wars, and uh, he was a big big Bottom fan. Oh, yeah. That's the, the program, not obviously not just yeah, <laughs> just hit Darth Vader with his frying pan. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> so, can people come along and sort of see you do the readings and they can the tickets? Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a, I'm sure if you Google tour and yeah. my name, you'll find it Brilliant. somewhere. Well, lovely brilliant. to meet you. Thank you very much for coming well, in. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Best of luck uh, to Exit for the rest of the season. Cheers. Apart from our producer, of course, who yeah. wouldn't mean that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Berserker <laughs> is uh, Adrian's book, and uh, it is out. It came out uh, a week or so ago, and you can pick it up in hardback at the moment. The e-book, uh, the audio. Have you done the audio book yourself? Did the audio book myself, of course. Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festivities festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hawksby and Annie Jacobs here on Talk Sport. We're now joined in the studio by a Paralympian, the man they call the Armless Archer, but he's now not the only one. That's because of him. Uh, mm. Matt Stutzman joins us. Hey, Matt, good to see you. Hello, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were just telling us you've inspired uh, other people. I mean, you, you're a Paralympic archer, you've went to many Olympics. Uh, you have no arms. You, you, you do the sport with your feet incredibly it's an amazing thing to watch but so you've inspired a number of other people to be, to be armless archers as well haven't you yeah we uh got about eight now wow. <laughs> the, uh, the the joke is that um every country's grabbing a, getting an armless archer now so we can all <laughs> <laughs> all compete but on a serious thing we actually have um there's four armless 
other armless archers that I've been helping um, that shoot elite scores mm-hmm. and like able-bodied scores that can podium at pretty much any event. Wow. Do they have the same technique as you, effectively, or have you seen, have you think, well, I might borrow that? That's <laughs> no, the, the technique is very much the same, yeah. even the way they set up their bows to how they load it with their feet, like very, very similar to mm. how I do it. It's probably worth mm. talking us through it. I mean, I'm sure I've, once we've spoken to you, if people will go, you, there's plenty of stuff on mm. YouTube. Uh, about, so go and check it out. But just talk us through the process of how you do it. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. Um, I do have a special release that goes around my chest, mm-hmm. and there is a uh, it flops over my right shoulder, and it is what actually connects to the bowstring, like a sort of strap. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. It was something that I uh, when I was first learning how to shoot a bow, I uh, googled how to teach an armless man how to shoot a bow, and obviously there was <laughs> yeah, nothing. There was nothing there. there. Be a lot. So Google <laughs> whack, I think there was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. So I had to create all this stuff. Um, yeah. But that hooks to the bow. So then um, when I'm sitting on a chair, my bow is between my legs and leaned against my left foot or left leg. And then I use my right leg to grab arrows off the ground, Hmm. load them into the bow. At that point, I grab the bow with my right foot and I cross my leg, what I call like uh, gentleman style. Mm -hmm. And then it allows me to bring the bow close to my chest where I can hook that device that's around my chest to it. Yeah. Then I sit up, push my foot away from my chest, and that essentially draws the bow. And then um, what I say is getting anchored. I bring my face into this release, and it applies pressure on my chin. And as I'm aiming, I slowly push pry, push and apply pressure, and then the bow shoots. And oh. bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how did you not just learn to do this, but what made you do it in the first place? What made you think, I can do this? I, I want to be honest with you. Um, uh, I was hungry. Um, I couldn't get a job. Um, I literally had people say, you qualify on paper, come in and we'll do an interview. And I would go in and then they would see me and they would be like, "Uh, the job's filled. Or I'd have people say, uh, if you had prosthetics, I would hire you. And so I was kind of, you know, down and out and and I was sitting on the couch and there was a guy on on TV that came on and he was shooting a bow. And I'm like, I'm going to try that and see what happens with that. (laughs) I had no idea. The, the ride it was going to take me on. Can you remember those first attempts? I mean, it must have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure no, it's, it's funny because I went into an archery shop mm. and I told the guy I wanted to buy a bow and he looked at me like I was crazy because <laughs> <laughs> here I, here's a guy with no arms being like, yeah. I want to shoot a bow. Um, and I actually remember uh, grabbing the string with my teeth the first time and I would hold the bow with my, my right foot and I would kind of pull back and then open my mouth and it would shoot. And of course that's a painful uh, situation, but I immediately fell in love with it. Um, You know, it's interesting to me, a bow doesn't care who shoots it, right? Mm. It just wants to be shot. So that's one of the draws for me. Like I could take a bow that was meant for anybody and go compete against anybody and beat them. And Mm. then, you know, that was awesome. You're an incredibly dexterous guy, understandably. You yeah, know, you, uh, you've not let the fact that you were born without any arms hold you back. You're doing everything with your feet. You drink. You're sitting there drinking a cup of tea with your absolutely feet. Absolutely amazing. I've seen, I've seen film of you driving as well. Yeah, wow. Um, and people think, well, that'd be an adapted car. It's not a bit of it, is it? It's, it's a regular street car, and you're, you're into driving fast as well, aren't you? And uh, donuts yeah. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. But uh, if you were to come into my house, mm-hmm. besides a picture on the wall. You would not know that a guy without arms lives there. Yeah. I don't have any modifications in my whole entire house life besides that little strap that I use to shoot a bow. Mm. My cars are completely normal cars. 
Um, my left foot runs the the gas and the brake, and my right foot is on the steering wheel. And I've just taught myself how to, uh, what I say, adapt to the world, right? Instead of the world adapting to me. Yeah. We should talk about why you're here for... Yeah, you've been... You've, uh, you've, you've, I know you've been there before, but you went down to Stoke Mandeville today because this is a lovely thing, isn't nice it? Nice idea, the, this. Yeah, the, the Paralympic torch relay is, is always going to be... The starting from Stoke Mandeville, that's going to be the home from now on, isn't it? For any Olympics or Paralympics. You know, um, I think that's a, a wonderful thing because what happened there really set the bar for where we're at now. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And if he wouldn't have done what he did to get patients moving and, and giving them a bow to, and, yeah, to mm. give them a bow and, and get them out of, you know, out of bed and, and giving them activities and stuff like we wouldn't have what we have now. And I wouldn't be here talking to you guys. Mm. So the amount of lives he's changed by what he did is incredible. You yeah. know, like you, it's it's the perfect fit. Like it it what is happening there belongs there. So yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Mm. And you're how you feeling? You just had a world championship last year, didn't you? So you're yeah. in good shape for the Olympics. Yeah, um, I think I ended up finishing ninth individually and then bronze um, on the team. So I did earn a slot for Team USA. Mm. Um, but next year in April, of course, I have to have trials and uh, toes crossed they go smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, yeah, you, the last time you were down in Stoke Mandeville, you thought you you wanted to try uh, the Great British Delicate. Delicacy of fish and chips. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you make of that as a combination? You, you're a fan. It was good. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was good. Hmm. Uh, I remember going there and my card didn't work, and the guy was, not, you know, first time eating fish and chips, and he just like, "Hey, it's on me." Right. And that was uh, back in 2011, and I hear the same family owns the 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 oh, place still. So. Uh, and we got Scotland Island tomorrow, and you got a bit of Celtic. Uh, stock, your background is pretty Celtic, isn't I, it? I do. I believe it's uh, the bagpipes, right? Like, oh, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, I have, I, well, it's I something be I need to try to figure out. Play there. <laughs> yeah, if you can yeah, do, what you, do what you do, I completely <laughs> could, certainly could play the uh, the bagpipes. And it's been pointed out, and you'd see the irony of the McFeeters is the name of, <laughs> of the family. Is this right, I'm told? Yeah. <laughs> that was my birth name. Yeah. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> you know, it fits, right? Yeah, like, it's like it this was. perfect... Uh, name for you know what i have done with my life and yeah. everything with my feet however uh it's now stutzman but uh, my family still give me you know like joke around about how it still should have been mcfeeters <laughs> <laughs> and is there anything you haven't mastered at all matt is there anything you think you know i can't quite crack that and that annoys me oh actually uh dishes right laundry vacuuming right. <laughs> all the household oh, yeah, cleaning yeah, yeah. stuff. For some reason, I can do everything else. For some reason, I can jump out of a plane and, and <laughs> shoot a bow, but I can't quite vacuum. That's well, people should go and check out uh, your your story and uh, watch you in action on the YouTube because there's plenty of stuff there. Uh, lovely to meet you. We wish you well at the at the Olympics next year. So I, I appreciate it. Um, I do want to throw out something real quick sure. that. Uh, I just I was reading earlier that over fifty percent of the tickets that are being sold at the games mm -hmm. are twenty five and under. Oh, that's great! Yeah, yes. Yeah, so yeah. if you have a family of four, you can actually bring everybody, so you can come watch archery and watch, you know, 
yeah. people yeah, with no arms shooting above. Big invasion from this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it's only like a, what a two-hour train ride. To yeah, be honest. sure. I went. Yeah. I, I mean, lots of people did. I went for a night at the the Paralympics in in London, twenty twelve, where you were mm-hmm. competing, mm-hmm. and it was in the stadium. It was just uh, amazing. So it's a great night. And you say it's very affordable, which yes. it may not be. And uh, but the tickets go on sale uh, this Monday. Week. Yeah, yeah, Monday. That's yep. right. So and, yeah. and if you guys if you guys come and you see me, make sure you high five me. That's yeah. the deal. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Good afternoon, it's uh, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport with you through until four o'clock. We'll have uh, some clips of the week for you. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done them, so we have a number to run past you. Todd Macklin will join us. Uh, a lot of questions being asked about just how heavy the TV coverage uh, in the NFL should be of um, Taylor Swift. Has it gone too far? Of it's gone too far. Even Travis Kelsey, the guy she's <laughs> stepping out with uh, from the Chiefs, uh, thinks it may have done. So that's all coming up. But um, what about a week of sport on TV? There's only one man to turn to, and that is Martin Kellner. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon, boys. Interesting you mentioned the uh, thing, because uh, we had pretty much the same thing with... Uh, with- um here in the uk and i've been watching the uh the documentary mm. uh beckham and mm. uh i think it's terrific i think it's really really good um i'll let you into a secret occasionally when there's a series on uh on tv you know one of these documentary series mm. uh i'll watch like about half of the first one and think well i've got enough to review it on uh, oh martin this is this is the <laughs> people <laughs> thought you watched every Don't minute pull back the curtain <laughs> like that for goodness but, sake to be honest, you know, I was watching this, but I watched the first episode of Beckham and it came up, you know, second episode in nine seconds, you know, mm. like it does. And I, you know, I binged the lots. Really? Uh, it's, wow. it's brilliant. It's brilliant. There are many fine, there are many fine comic moments in it. But all, you know, quite apart from that, um, it's, I found, you know, on this very tragic day for the Ferguson family, yeah. I found that it was more interesting about Alex Ferguson's methods than the one that his son made called uh, Never Give In, which you may have seen, mm. uh, which was, you know, a huge documentary about Alex Ferguson and obviously his son making it. He revealed everything. But I think there's more in this, to be honest, you know, because he had this very complicated relationship with uh, with David Beckham. Obviously, he was the father figure from a very young age. And you've got lots of and the fact that, uh, you know, that that uh, David Beckham's dad uh, filmed a lot of this, you know, home videos and all that sort of thing. There's loads of footage uh, of him as a, you know, as a, a sweet young boy at uh, 12, 13 years old uh, at Manchester United. And the way that um, Alex Ferguson nurtured him, uh, I think it's uh, Roy Keane talks about the fact that he let him into the dressing room, which was like the sort of holy of holies. Mm. And uh, to, to, you know, to get David Beckham, because he recognised, obviously, that here was a future, you know, a, a future first team player to get him into the uh, into the swing of things. He actually let him into the into the dressing room. Everybody's in this uh, in this documentary. Everybody you want to hear from, um, not just Alex Ferguson himself, but there's um, there's Roy Keane, 
obviously uh, Gary Neville, who was his best mate, uh, Gary Neville describes himself as a side dish. Right. He said he was, he was a side a side dish mm-hmm. down the right at Manchester United. Roy Keane says that the thing about Beckham was he, he upped everybody's game in the car park. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, he was the first one. He got his own agent. Yeah. So that was, that was a sort of uh, a, a, a little bit of uh, a conflict with that Alex Ferguson. Alex Ferguson wanted to choose his agent for him. Uh, he, he talks, Martin, doesn't he, about the fact that he was absolutely distraught on leaving Manchester United and wanted to speak. Mm. He said, can I speak mm. to the gaffer? And he said, no, he's not available. And that was probably the moment that he knew that yeah. the game was up, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, within that, mm. there were great moments. You know, for instance, 1998, as we know, he was, um, you know, he was vilified after he, he was sent off against uh, Argentina in the mm. World Cup. Um, I have to say, the, my fellow West Ham fans don't come out too well right. uh, over that. <laughs> you know, the last thing you want is a is a match at Upton Park, uh, first match of the season after there's been all this um, all this coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he got dogs abuse. Um, Alex Ferguson comes out a bit of slang that I've never heard before. He said the fans were giving him laldi. Have you heard it? No, I've heard it. Must be a, a Glasgowism, I guess. The listeners will probably tell us what, what it means. Oh, they will. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we know what it means. It mm. means you know yeah. they're giving dog, dogs abuse. Yeah. But um, I've never heard the the term loudy before. Loud, um, as in that sort of loudy. Well, it's spelled L A L D Y. Different. Okay. Loudy. Yeah, it's Scottish slang. I did. You know, I googled it. Scottish supermarket. No, it's not. No. Yeah, it's a Scottish. Well, not actually. He's here three days a week. <laughs> oh, <okay>. yes. <laughs> uh, also, I, I was quite interested to see uh, a couple of people who took a lot of the photographs, a lot of the stills that you see in the documentary. Um, they were described as Eamon and Charles, pair of brothers. They were described as the Manchester paparazzi. Oh. And I thought, well, hang on. After you've taken a picture of Bez out of the Happy Mondays, there's not a lot of left in his paparazzi. But obviously Beckham was like a gift from the heavens for mm. these guys. They just photographed him uh, all the time. Mm. Uh, and But, they, you know, I think it's a great documentary. It's made by uh, the guy who played Hugo in Succession. Yes, he was on with uh, Andy Goldstein yeah, and Darren Bent yesterday studio, afternoon yes, to talk about it. Yes, that's right. Yeah, mm. but, but, you know, brilliant, uh, uh, brilliant access to all sorts but, of people. Actually, I've heard two different stories as Alan would say, one or two people. Our own Al- mm. Ali Ross thinks it does kind of descend into hagiography a bit too much. I know, Mike of course, Ward, it's hagiography. Yeah. yeah, it's obviously hagiography, but not to but the it, point where it's unwatchable. Clearly, from your point of view, oh, totally not, no. totally not. Because there's so much. There's enough about football in it, and enough about Alex Ferguson's methods yeah. and the way that you know when you hear from Paul Scholes and and Roy Keane about the way that Alex Ferguson brought the Manchester United fans as a sort of protective blanket around, mm. um, you know, these days we'd be talking about mental health, etc. You know, sure. when somebody gets that level of abuse that he got after 1998. So there's enough about the football in it. And, uh, you know, obviously the, uh, the the villain of the piece, as far as the Beckham family is concerned, mm. is Glenn Hoddle, who, who didn't do what Alex Ferguson did. I yeah. mean, we can all... Managerial methods are different, you know, Different managers manage in different ways. Mm. Um, and that contrast between 
um, Glenn Hoddle and Alex Ferguson is quite interesting. But of course, um, and then there are so many great bits in it, comic bits where uh, there's a bit where Beckham's describing how he went on his honeymoon. And uh, he said, we found ourselves staying in uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's place in mm. Cap Ferrat. Mm. In, uh, Are we going to say Catford for a minute? <laughs> 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 yeah, marvellous. Yeah. He's flat in Catford <laughs> above a kebab shop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we had this beautiful, well, I assume, I didn't, didn't see it, but I assume it's a beautiful place. Um, and uh, you've seen it. Have you, have you stayed there? Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, okay. um, that the world is uh, and you would assume that it's a, a fairly um, substantial pile that mm. uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber has there. You know, mm. he's written all these hit songs. Some yeah. people say stole some of them from Schubert. And, well, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, Schubert's not around to argue, though, is he, really? No, he's not. No. He's not. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, Alex Alex Ferguson called him back after five days. He was supposed to be there for ten days. Mm-hmm. Alex Ferguson called him out after five days, um, which sort of tells you a little bit about him. I'm sh- I assume he was making a point because it was all covered in the newspapers and all these uh, all these shots from the south of France. Um, but making a point about the way he was running the Manchester United team, mm. which was clearly very effective because we oh, yeah. see what happened what happened afterwards mm. and uh, so i think it's, it's as much a film about football management it is uh, but even beyond that mm. uh, if you lived through the 90s you yeah. know there's people like there's a little clip of Derek jameson in there oh okay there's bits of ali g there's tony blair so there's all they've they've you know whoever's you know the archivist has selected the right stuff okay and selected and how many episodes well. are there martin Four episodes. And are they an hour-ish? It depends around that. An, hour, an hour-ish. Yeah. yeah, they're an hour-ish. Um, um, Stephen Edinburgh has been in touch. Giet Laldi yeah. can be used to describe someone <laughs> giving their best, trying really hard, or going a bit crazy. So we take it to Alex, who's working on the, the latter in, in that case. But I think he was yeah. going a bit crazy, yeah. you know. You know, But they were. People did yeah. give him Laldi. Totally, mm. I, you know. Well, you're going to be I've using never... it all the time now. You're going to be gearing your uh, your zoo format friends Laldi overnight, totally. I'm sure. Um, we certainly will. A football focus, very quickly. Yes, we've yeah. only got a couple of minutes, but we're, what, yeah, what, but there's been a lot of talk yeah. about football focus. Focus and, it, and its future and stuff. I, I don't. I, I've not watched for it. I kind of. Kind of I, if it's no. on, I'll have it on in the background. It's a spat, but, supposedly. Well, it's between, not. No, it isn't. It, uh, you know, I think a lot's been made of that as well, okay. to be honest. But paper talk. Yeah, I like a spat. I know you like a spat, but it isn't one. So back off. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, Martin, one of you may do it if you if you checked it out. I can. I checked it out. I've not mm. watched it like yourself. You know, I don't make a point of watching it mm. years ago. You know, it was Sam Leach. I did make a point of watching Sam it. Leach. Yeah. You're in <laughs> short trousers with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When it was Ken, when it was Ken Jones, I was sitting there with your catapult. Oh, I loved Ken Jones. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, yeah. I loved him as well. Um, yeah, all, all I would say is, given the fact that obviously it's losing audience, and it would be losing audience. Obviously, it is because there's you know there's live football on, and there's so many other there's podcasts, there's everything else. So it is losing audience. But I would just say it's not an Alex Scott problem. Definitely not an Alex Scott problem. I would say it's a BBC magazine format problem. Um, you know, every show that the BBC does sort of as a magazine for ends up being the one show or, you know, yeah. the uh, uh, appalling breakfast show. So I'm, uh, you know, as you know, I'm not, not a, a huge fan of, no. not a fan of that. Yeah. So, but the one I watched, they had a brilliant piece, Gary Lineker interviewing uh, Ange Postacoglu, yeah. which, which was great. That, obviously. Yeah. 
Mm. I thought that was a great interview, but of course they clip it afterwards and you'll see it anyway. Mm. Um, too many interviews to footballers are like sort of fanny, fan type interviews, mm. if you like. Yeah. That Martin Odegaard. Now, yeah, it's fine to have an interview with uh, Martin Odegaard. You don't need, you know, the, I, I can't remember who the interviewer was, so forgive me for that. Mm. But, you know, she was just sort of um, oozing, oozing admiration. I mean, always a fine player. Mm. But, you know, you, you, you if you're going to do interviews, with with footballers and usually they're there to be interviewed because they're plugging something either it's you wanted frost nixon with martin odegaard did you? <laughs> i want it a bit more well slightly more frost nixon yeah. a little bit less <laughs> you know frost no. you know a real but, grilling i'm sure the all the arsenal pr department said you're going to get it now you're going to be here for an hour it's going to put you through the ring <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's too many of them. I just there's too many of those yeah. uh, mm. of those interviews set up by the yeah. PR people. Yeah, we know what we're going to get. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, there was. I have to say, there was a Jared Bowen interview mm. uh, that did the. Uh, but I thought that was great. I'd love seeing Jared Bowen uh, for uh, five minutes being, um, you know, being celebrated. Yeah, of course uh, you do. Martin You're letting your club loyalties where might have the guys. You're not giving house rooms. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. European games unbeaten. Of yeah, we should we should salute David Moyes today yeah. and West Ham United. It is United. the conference. Look at the managers they oversaw, though. You know, Bill Nick, Don Revy, yeah. and yeah, have gone in front. Uh, he's gone in front, yeah. David Moyes, of those amazing. managers. So that is that is so that is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it is impressive. Is. Uh, Martin, yeah. you're you are back overnight, are you? Giving it. I am back overnight, and we'll probably mention people like Bill Nicholson and uh, Sam Leach. You probably will. will. More of that. It's always fun. If your your memory's going a bit, tune in between. (laughs) You'll probably be up anyway. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That's how it all unfolded today. We reconvene on Monday. Another week of fine guests next week. Do hope you can join us. Do anything with that baker about Pastel Donata being a fine player? I didn't know. I was going to start saying uh, Harry Harry Redknapp. Sam, we've tried to sign Pastel Donata. Kev went all. The way to Lisbon, tried to watch him realise he was a cake. You know, but he had a good time there. He had a good, he had a good few days. So we didn't get around to that. So no, that's it. Look, that's what they call bonus content for the podcast <laughs> listeners. Okay, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four pm on Talksport. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 